Welcome to Loving That Sports Talk with your host, James Loving. If you're looking for a fast-paced show that covers football and so much more, this is the place to be. Now, here's your host, formerly of the Philadelphia Eagles, James Loving. Well, good afternoon. You're listening to Loving That Sports Talk. This is uh, I, I hope everyone had a Merry Christmas and sent it was good to everybody. And you did all the right things you were supposed to do in order to get those gifts. So, uh, there was a lot of good football that happened this, uh, over Christmas, over the weekend and Christmas Day and the day after. It was just, it was just fun watching all the games and seeing how things were working out. Um, so, to talk about that, we have as our guest Travis Bouton. Travis, how are you today? Doing very well yourself, Chris. Merry Christmas. Oh, Merry Christmas to you too. So, what's 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 been going on in your world? Well, I saw the uh, Green Bay Packers get eliminated, but uh, other than that, uh, I was able to spend some good time with family and friends, and looking forward to the new year. Uh, there's nothing better than that with friends and family on Christmas and the holidays and talking smack during the games and saying who's going <laughs> to win, who's who's doing poor, all that good exactly. stuff. So. You know, so, so let, let, let's get started. Um, the big thing that's going on just today um, has to do with James Harrison. Uh, he was a former Pittsburgh Steelers linebacker that they, that they cut on Saturday to make room for one of their players that had been suspended. Um, and lo and behold, the New England uh, Patriots signed him. <laughs> so, <clears throat> you know, there's been a lot of stuff about it on the, on the news, <clears throat> the websites, and so forth. People are thinking that Harrison will, will share the Steelers' information with the Patriots. Um, but the, 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 the interesting thing is, you know, they've already played each other, uh, you know, a little over a week ago. And, and so now the next time they play each other may not even be for almost a month away. That's if they both win out to, to, to try to win to the AFC. Um, and, and, the, and the other thing that, that kind of got me was some people are claiming that, tra- that, that Harrison is a traitor. And my thing is, how can he be a traitor when, when Pittsburgh cut him? They, they, they cut him. He, he was a free agent. He can go. He still wants to play. He still has the ability. He's strong. He has the tough mentality. You know, let, let, let him go. Let him go to where he wants to go. And if, if New England is where, where it is, then go for it. Travis, what, what, what's your thoughts on that? Honestly, I think he made a great choice in where he signed. Um, I really do think that the AFC is going to come down to the Patriots, the Steelers, and the Jaguars, I think, could be possibly in the mix in the AFC. Um, but I think he chose a good choice. I think overall the defensive schemes that the Steelers do uh, use are very creative. So being able to chime in with Brady and be able to chime in with Belichick, I think it was a great overall signing. Um, I'm not opposed to the idea. I mean, he was cut loose. So as you said, like he cannot be a traitor choosing a team where he thinks he can win and I think he put himself in a very good position to win um, but that's the league I mean coming down the stretch you'd really have to think as to the players you're cutting loose and to have chosen such a big name and especially for a defense that's in need of a playmaker like himself I think he's going to be able to uh, understand the rule book uh, for the Patriots on defense and throw in some creativity and also help out on the offensive end when, in my opinion, I think they're going to wind up in the AFC title match as a rematch of their uh, game from two weeks ago now. Um, so it's going, to be, it's going to be something to see for sure. Yeah, it was, uh, that, that, was, that was an interesting game, and it pretty much came down to the end, you know, where you know, I, I think we talked about on the show uh, about Pittsburgh about how they, they barely kept a lead in any, any game, um, or, or, or sorry, they were behind in, in most games for like four or five weeks in a row, and then at the end they, they went out. And, and, and that game was kind of a fluke of a game anyway with, you know, that, 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 that New England didn't win like they, they should have. <clears throat> yep. And Pittsburgh, or I'm sorry, excuse me, with Pittsburgh should have won that game, um, but then, you know, New England ended up Kicking a, kicking a field goal to win the game, so that was that was a very strange game to begin with, and so there's there's a bad taste in people's mouths, and you know they're they're the teams are ready. 
for sure. Um, yeah, we'll see. We'll see what happens. We'll see what happens. So, um, so, so another thing that's going on. There's a lot of college players that you know they they they're, they're already committed to both of the drafts. And the ones that get me are the ones that you know they they haven't even finished their, their played played a senior year. You know, so they've decided that they're going to, you know, you know, they, they had they had a good year in their sophomore year or sometimes in their freshman year and, of course, junior year, and they, they declare for the draft. And yet they still have more playing time on the, you know, on the table that they could do. Um, I, I, I just have some, some issues about that. What, what, what's your thoughts? I definitely have some issues with it, too. The, the thing that was bothering me were players who were saying that they didn't want to play at certain places, whether or not um, they were even going to play in the uh, bowl games too is another um, problem for me because your stock isn't over and playing in your final college game, I I would think would be something that you really want to stand out and give the fans and give your school. And I feel like the mentality has changed a lot that players used to really want to just win and now it's more about what their stock is in the NFL draft and who could be choosing them and like the biggest one right now is it seems like a lot of these players who are thinking they could be the number one don't want to play with the Browns now that the Browns have secured that first pick and it leaves like a, I don't know I feel like you should be trying to make any team you go to better like you'd want to play and it's across the grid people that are just jumping out of school early because they think that they're going to succeed in the NFL. It takes time, and we've seen a lot of players not pan out after not putting in their due time. So, I don't know. It, it leaves a bad taste in my mouth, too. Yeah, yeah. So, so something that's really gone gone wrong this year um, has to do with the, the, the credibility of the NFL. Um they have, if, if you notice, you know, there's so many, so many replays, you know, they, they're, they're excessively using the replay. Um, there's been tons of penalties, um, not knowing whether it's a catch or how to handle suspensions. You know, there's, there's so many things that, that, that in the rule book, it's pretty, it's supposed to be pretty clear, but they're standing there, you know, the, the rest are trying to figure out, okay, which, which way do we go? Which way do we handle this? So, so, you know, I'm, I'm not sure the best way that they can handle that. I mean, you know, in, in other things like in baseball, you know, they have uh, where, where, where if, if, if they get something wrong, if the refs get it wrong, they, they get a mark. You know, they get, it's a point system. So that when it comes exactly. down to the playoffs, you know, in the Super Bowl, only the ones that, that, that have the lowest number of penalties against them or numbers or however, however they want to set it up, are the ones that actually get to rest the game. And, and I, I think that would be, that'd be a fine idea because then, you know, refs are going to be more less apt to, to, to be, you know, trying to, to figure out what, whether they should call things or not or, or, or how they should handle things, you know, especially clear-cut things. What, 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 what do you think on that? I, I agree with you once again. I, I think... A lot of times you can see how a game's going to play out just by seeing the ref team that comes out. And there's some refs that really want to make it more about themselves than the actual game, which really ends up mm-hmm. leaving an awful feeling for fans and for people watching, too, to be like, okay, so clearly we're going to just be calling a lot of holding today. Like some, te- some uh, of the refs end up uh, – calling like excessive holding calls and then other games you're seeing it and they're just playing out accordingly the oh uh, let them be like we'll just see how it goes I think that it should be reviewed on a week to week I mean the NFL and how much is going in uh, money wise you would think that they'd be able to have the best refs on the field at all times and especially going into the playoffs where it counts I I think it's an important aspect. I mean, you can almost see when certain teams play. It's like the NFL's like favorites almost that calls really go in their direction. It goes against the uh, what the viewers see. It goes against the experts as they're showing. 
showing it. So I, don't, I, I would be in favor of a docking system that they're reviewed on a week-to-week basis. And if there's a lot of bad calls, well, you're not going to be going to the playoffs and your job for next year might not be entirely certain. Just like an NFL player, like you never know on a year-to-year basis if you're going to last. So I think the same should be done for NFL refs. Right, right. That, I, I think that would that would clear up a lot of things pretty clearly for people. You know that they they'd make the right the right calls that they need to be making. Um, exactly. I you know and 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 not, and not sit there and dilly dally on the field because you you see so many of them where they're taking you know four or five ten minutes you know for a call and you know okay so 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 why, so at that point why not get like a two two minute clock. They have two minutes, you know, where, where where the clock starts, and and they have to 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 have a decision made when the, when the clock strikes zero. You know, that's <laughs> I don't know if that would work. Yes. It, it would make you know, sense with, with, though because because I mean, you figure how long it takes for them to make a call. If it's taking you that long, then chances are you either should just be letting them play, or it should be clear and cut. And if it's not fully clear and cut, and you're like. Something I didn't feel good about that play, but we're gonna like try to review it and uh, get our entire team together to make a call. It that really takes away from the sport and it's taking away from the playing time. And I mean, you figure momentum too for some teams. You have the refs doing that; like it can suddenly change the entire aspect of how how the game was going. Right, right. It's 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 just kind of kind of crazy. What's what's what they need to do. And again, like I said, I'm not sure how it's going to be figured, um, but, you know, they, they're worried about the fan base and, you know, people not live watching as many games and there's so many different reasons as to why people have that they're not listening to games or watching as many games and they're not, feel, they're not filling the stands and the tickets and the owners are concerned and, you know, they're, they're saying that football isn't as, an important game as it used to be, and I, I, I beg to differ. You know, I think football is still as, as, as strong as it's always been, if not stronger. Yeah, they've, they've made changes on things, but, you know, that's, that's what's going to happen. I agree. I, I feel like the biggest concept is a lot of people don't feel like the replacement ref season ever ended, and it seems from that point the rules just kept changing and changing. Like, there's now been rumors of uh, Vince McMahon possibly exploring uh, bringing back the XFL just because of the kickoff rules and bring back that momentum. But, I mean, you have to look at some of the stuff that it, it really has been coming down to arrest, I feel. I don't think it's the players. I think the sport's still really good. I mean, it, it has an appeal. It's just a matter of the refs really kind of taking away that fun aspect for... I mean, fans and players, uh, it, it starts being a circus almost when you see what crews on the field. And I completely agree. I think, like, the sport definitely hasn't lost anything, and I think each game is vitally important. But something needs to be reviewed within the rule book to uh, really make sure that it just doesn't keep happening. Because, I mean, I think we'll keep seeing the viewers kind of decrease in time if it just keeps following in this direction, which is really unfortunate. Correct. Correct. Well, we're going to take a break. We come back. We're going to talk more NFL. We'll be right back. Your internet flagship station for sports, Voice America Sports. Want to experience football from the perspective of two former players who also have coaching experience? Tune in to Sports Info UM with Daryl Oliver and Sam Sword. We'll talk about the drafts, play-by-play, and even what's happening in the offseason. Daryl and Sam have the connections and the knowledge to bring you the inside stories of the game's past, present, and future. We'll cover the camps, on and off field, and everything else, football and beyond. Sports Info UM is heard Mondays at 8 p.m. Eastern, 5 p.m. Pacific on the Voice America Sports Channel. Check your feelings at the door and enter the man cave. 
Don't let the name fool you, because we're here for anybody that wants to talk and listen in. Host J.D. Harris and friends are here to lead the forum from the fans, former players, owners, execs, and coaches. While inside the man cave, you do whatever you like. We won't judge. We'll even go beyond sports to talk technology, current events, and entertainment. Tune in every Wednesday at 3 p.m. Pacific Time, 6 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Sports Channel. Your internet flagship station for sports. Voice America Sports. You're hooked up with loving that sports talk. James Loving and his guests want to hear it from you. Call us at 1-888-346-9144. That's 888-346-9144. Or drop an email to lovingthatsportstalk at yahoo.com. Now, back to the show. Well, good afternoon. This is Chris again for Loving That Sports Talk. You know, we're here talking football. There's stuff going on. Playoffs are right around the corner. We're coming up to the last week of the season. You know, some of these games are going to count for something. Some are just going to be, you know, for, for you know, just a win's a win. And, you know, they can move on in the season that way. But uh, we have with us as our guest, we have Travis Bouton. Travis, you still with us? Yes, I am. Oh, perfect. Yeah, it's always good to have, have, have you on because then we can sit there and chit-chat sports and talk about teams, especially the Green Bay Packers, because I know that you're a Packers fan. Yes, I and, am. And <laughs> uh, I, 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 I always have to throw out a question, you know, just, just to make, keep you on your toes and see how honest you are about, about your team. So, uh, Brett Hurley, quarterback for Green Bay Packers. He stepped in for Aaron Rodgers since Aaron became um, hurt in week six. The issue is Hundley. The team has been is three and six with him as as a quarterback. And so basically the team doesn't do as well with him. Uh, I I saw a stat the other day when it came to receivers and with Roger, when Rogers is quarterback, the, 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 the the quarterback um, passing rating, I think is somewhere around 103 with Hundley. It's like 52. You know, it's like cut in half, and I'm, I was, I was very surprised that it was, it was that low. Um, my, my, my question to you is: Should the Packers look into drafting or trading for another quarterback in 2018? Um, I definitely think they have to. I, he's had three years to work under Rodgers, and the biggest piece that I had that I knew he wasn't panning out with our team was his ability to even try to get Jordy Nelson involved. The stats prior, when it was just Rodgers and Nelson, it looked like Nelson was going to have another breakout year. Second, it was Hunley. There seemed to be no connection. It was just force it to Devontae Adams and hope for the best. The one aspect that I'm positive about is their running game going into next season, but for the QB situation, I definitely think it needs to be a situation where they draft and hopefully um, has a better understanding of our playbook and system because I don't really think Hunley was a match for our system at all. He's more of a speed kind of QB, um, not really meeting the West, West Coast playbook. So I definitely think they should be looking at getting either a very young QB who might be dropped or drafting from within and hopefully building accordingly under uh, Rogers. But Hunley, I'm pretty certain you can just put a fork in and call it a year and say, like, best wishes, thanks for what you did this year, but you're not really working out. <laughs> Do you see him sign in with another team as a backup quarterback? Uh, there's definitely a lot of teams. I see him probably being more a third stringer at this point, but he hasn't proven anything really. He's, he has a good um, leadership from what I've heard, but there's a difference between just leadership and your skill set. And I think another team will take a chance on him. I'm not sure which team, but uh, I mean, the Browns always have a circus for the QB situation. And I mean, I, I don't think you can really throw in anything much better. So, uh, 
I, I feel like it's going to be probably one of the teams on the bottom of the list where Hunley finds a match, and if he doesn't succeed in training camp, they'll probably cut him loose wherever he ends up being. But he's somebody who's, 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 a, good, who's a good bench quarterback that you can put in. Um, you know, he, yeah, he's, he's not going to be throwing those wonderful passes that, that Rodgers does and, you know, the, the, your main quarterback is going to take care of. But, you know, he's somebody at least you can, you know, he, he can run the ball. He can, uh, you know, he, he can call the plays well. Yeah, I, I think the biggest issue with Hunley is honestly Mike McCarthy. I don't think Mike McCarthy ever really changed the playbook to fit uh, Hunley, and I feel like that was more oh. of the issue. So I feel like it comes down to McCarthy and like the grooming of a QB. I feel like McCarthy would do better in that, like when, for instance, when they had Flint, having a pocket-esque passer is able to really follow in the same kind of um, ways as Rogers. But when you end up adding the speed element and it's really not being utilized the right way, and it almost seemed like Hunley was handcuffed in a lot of ways from running what he would have been best at. I think that shows that McCarthy really couldn't handle Hunley all that well. And I feel like the only kind of QB that he could work with is someone with a little bit of mobility, but more of a pocket-esque kind of passer. Right. Right. Well, I guess we're going to see what happens because, you know, there's only, unfortunately Aaron, Aaron Rodgers' days are, are kind of numbered as far as how many more seasons he can play. He's, you know, he's, he's, he's a good quarterback, but he's getting injured more and more. You know, and and that's taken away from from the Green Bay Packers game, and you know that's just that's just kind of tough to to imagine. But again, there's a lot of a lot of teams that are in that same issue as uh, Packers are. Yep. So craziness. Anyway, so we we kind of hinted about this a little bit, but what do you think of the perennial teams like the Dallas Cowboys and the Green Bay Packers? You know, some of the teams that are almost always in the playoffs every year not being in the playoffs this year. Honestly, I think it's a really exciting time for fans because, I mean, you have some teams that are just, like, really much a surprise. I mean, the Jaguars, to me, have been one of the big surprises, and the Rams have been, too. And, I mean, I'm getting excited to see them play and to see what their young teams can do and these coaches that really didn't have all that much experience really, like, playing at a high level. And it definitely adds to the element that it's, a very, it's not just a few teams that end up being uh, great each year. It adds more. So in that way, I think it's, like, so much better than the NBA. I mean, in the NBA, you know exactly what teams are going to be good prior to the season even starting because they make these mega teams. Football, though, any given week, whoever goes down who gets hurt, I mean, you can have teams rise up and just be a surprise. I mean, the 49ers originally looked like their season was done, but now that um, now they have like a surge. Yeah. They end up winning five in a row with Jimmy G. They're acting as spoilers. So there's elements of surprise with the spoiler teams as well as some of these young teams that you don't get to see very often. I think it adds for excitement for sure. Absolutely. Absolutely. I mean, who, who seriously would have thought that Jacksonville, Jacksonville Jaguars would be up in the, yeah, have won their, won their division. I mean, really? But, you know, they, they have an incredible defense. And, you know, their offense is, is a little suspect with their quarterback, but their, their defense is just incredible. But they're, they're working together, and, and they're doing it. So, yeah, it's crazy this time of year, but it, it's also fun. So, it is. Perfect. Well, you know what? Let's take another break. When we come back, let's talk a little bit more about what's going on in the playoffs. We'll be right back. Your internet flagship station for sports. Voice America Sports. Want to experience football from the perspective of two former players who also have coaching experience? Tune in to Sports Info UM with Daryl Oliver and Sam Sword. 
We'll talk about the drafts, play-by-play, and even what's happening in the offseason. Daryl and Sam have the connections and the knowledge to bring you the inside stories of the game's past, present, and future. We'll cover the camps, on and off field, and everything else, football and beyond. Sports Info UM is heard Mondays at 8 p.m. Eastern, 5 p.m. Pacific on the Voice America Sports Channel. Okay, sports fans, here's your opportunity to discuss football, America's favorite sport. On an annual basis, millions of people attend, watch, and listen to football, both pro and college. Ray Ellis Sports, an internet talk radio show, was developed with the fan in mind. Join host, former Philadelphia Eagles and Cleveland Browns strong safety, Ray Ellis, on Voice America Sports every Tuesday at 1 p.m. Pacific for exciting, interactive football discussions from the fan's perspective. Tune in every Tuesday at at 1 p.m. Pacific to Ray Ellis Sports right here on the Voice America Network and let's talk football. Your internet flagship station for sports. Voice America Sports. You're hooked up with loving that sports talk. James Loving and his guests want to hear it from you. Call us at 1-888-346-9144. That's 888-346-9144. Or drop an email to lovingthatsportstalk at yahoo.com. Now, back to the show. Well, good afternoon again. This is Chris Chris Marwitz, Loving That Sports Talk. Uh, we're just sitting here just chit-chatting about football, about the playoffs, things coming up, um, and our guest today is Travis Bouton. Travis, it's always good to have you on. Oh, thank you for having me. Perfect. So, Travis, um, but l- l- let me just uh, tell people what, what we were doing during the break. Um, you asked me who I thought was going to make it into the Super Bowl. And of course, I threw out New England, probably in the AFC, and then we started talking about NFC and you know, I was having kind of a hard time, and I said, maybe Minnesota. And then you brought up the L.A. Rams, and all of a sudden, light bulb went on. I'm thinking, oh, my goodness, we started talking about the quarterback, you know, Jared Goff, you know, because both him, you know, I, I, I'm, I'm always thinking about the Eagles, Carson Wentz, you know, for the Eagles. And and just what a phenomenal year for one year that he's, he's made. But Jared Goff has made that same move. And it's just, it's, you know, it's so interesting to see these two players that came out the same year um, make the, almost the same turnaround and, and lead their teams pretty much to playoff contention to maybe maybe Super Bowl. Yeah, I, I mean, you really look at how much growth can happen in one year. They were originally almost saying, like, uh, Jared Goff's year last year in his rookie season that, they might have to start looking for someone else, but he's absolutely turned it around. And I think the acquisitions of uh, Sammy Watkins and Robert Woods on the side, on his side and being able to like have a more balanced offense with Gurley that it wasn't just three and longs all year really made a difference. And he's made incredible strides. And I think that shows like an example within the NFL not to give up on a player after a year what they can do in the follow-up year, what they bring into training camp, what they've learned from the playbook, they've learned from their mistakes prior to calling some of these players done. I know that some people were trying to blame uh, Goff's um, no-good season um, on, on their, their former coach, you know, who, who was fired last year. But, you know, you can't, you can't, you know, you, 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 you can blame it to a point, but yes, there's some maturity that needs to be taken, and as well as some growth that has to happen between college and the pros. And to see it happen just in, in one season for, for both the quarterbacks is just amazing. Did, did you get a chance to watch the game when they played, uh, I think they played, what, three weeks ago is when the Eagles came to the, or, or Rams played at the Eagles and and Eagles barely won. You know, they, they had a, a good substantial lead, the Eagles did, and then Rams came back, and it was, it was a phenomenal game to watch between these two. It was. It was like a chess match between those two, and it was an incredible game. It seemed like it was going to be a sneak peek of what could happen 
within the NFC championship, honestly, now it's all about if uh, the Eagles are going to be able to survive under foals, but it seems like they're still finding ways, regardless of how, just to win. And I, I guess that's what it really comes down to. Do you have enough to just win a game? And I think exactly. they both definitely have that capability to go down the stretch. Yeah, Foles has history with the Eagles. You know, they, they, they led the Eagles, what, three, four years ago? You know, he, he had this, this one fluke of a year that just, he did really well, and the team just flourished under him. And then I yep. think he got injured, and then he got traded and so forth. But, um, you know, the, the, if, you, if you compare both the, the Rams and the Eagles, they both have a great running game. They both have a fantastic defense. They got a good offensive line. The only difference is other quarterbacks. And, you know, unfortunately for Wentz, he's, he's out for the season. But, um, you know, if he was in there, it would just, you could just pretty much just do a major comparison between those two. Yep. The, those two teams are honestly probably the scariest two teams, I think, in the NFC. I think the Vikings are going to fall victim to what initially the Rams did to the Seahawks two weeks ago in that just crushing defeat of the Seahawks. Oh, huge loss. Yes, huge loss. And I feel like that's definitely taken out some of the steam from the Seahawks. When you lose that bad, it definitely changes your mentality as a team and begins asking, like, what we're doing and who we're playing even. And that was the statement game for the Rams, and I think that's going to be something they continue riding on up until playoff time, which is closer than we could imagine. I, I, I can't believe that the season's almost already over. <laughs> oh, yeah. It, 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 it'll, be, it'll be interesting to see what happens. I, I guess, you know, you always, you always say, what about next year? And I'm, I'm, I'm always one of those that I want to see, see the growth in both Goff and Went next year just to see just how much more mature that they are. And it'll mm-hmm. it'll be interesting. I mean, I I don't know if you if you heard, um, you know, w- Wentz went to South Dakota State, and the 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 coach from there, he's now coaching at Wyoming. You know where where James went to school at, and he has this quarterback um, named named Allen, and last name Allen, who's who's a junior who's uh, who plays a lot like Wentz. You know, he has a powerful arm. Yeah, you know, he just he had very good accuracy, um, and and he's declared for the for the draft, uh, and and people are, are wanting to kind of see, you know, hit difference between him and Wentz um, coming out uh, to see, you know, if, if if it's just this coach that knows how to to find these phenomenal quarterbacks or or what, so it'll and 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 Allen from Wyoming he's supposed to be. Somewhere, I think he's he's ranked like the third quarterback, third or fourth quarterback, um, as a junior. You know, it's it'll be it'll be interesting to see what happens. For sure. All right. Well, uh, so there's there's so many things going on with teams, you know, and and one thing I, I had heard that you know the Dallas Cowboys, they they've been having issues with Des Bryant. You know, they've given him plenty of leeway, plenty of years, plenty of money, um, and there's. He he he's had injuries. There's been times where he has not performed correctly or performed to what their standard. Um, and now the the rumor is 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 they may not re-sign him in, in the the in the postseason. And and do you think do you think that's a smart move? Dallas Cowboys are a really tough uh, team for me to analyze because I think first <laughs> and foremost that Jason Garrett just needs to be shown the door. I've never thought of him as a quality head coach, and I feel like there should be a much better leader there, especially because I remember as a kid it was just always the team to watch. And I look at Jason Garrett, and I kind of question his ability Overall, I just feel like he's Jerry Jones, yes man, and like I'll mm-hmm. I'll do what you ask, sir. So, do, getting rid of Des Bryant, I I can't see him being anywhere else, and I I do think he's a player that's going to be asking for a lot. So when you start asking about the places where he could wind up, whether it would be worth it to him, and whether he'd want to go. 
I find it tough to see him in any kind of other uniform. But do I think that they might do it? Yeah, because Jerry Jones is a madman when it comes to those situations. Um, <laughs> right? But yeah, that's a t- it, it, that's a tough uh, question. Honestly, I I feel like what's best for the league is to keep him. But he has been a head case for the team, and his talent shows itself over and over again. But then there's other times where he knows his team's lost, and he looks like he's given up. So I, I don't know what you really do with him. I, I try to make it more of an incentive based contract based on performance, but. I wouldn't be surprised if they let him go, and I don't know where he'd wind up, to be honest. <laughs> right. Yeah, that, it'd, it'd be hard to try to sign him to, to a contract because you know what he's wanting. He's going to look at who the highest-paid receiver is, and, and he's, he wants a, a bump in salary on that. And, you know, yes, he's, he's, he's still young and vibrant and has ability, but is he worth it? And that's what they have to, to ask. Is he worth it? Yep. For what he brings, you know, because there, there's, there's some players that, you know, there's something I heard today about someone calling a player a cancer. And, and you know, you, you, you can have that in, in the, on a team and in the, the you know, in, in, in the, the sidelines or on the field or whatever. One player can just spoil a lot of things for, the rest of the team and, you know, and, and if the coach is not strong enough, it's hard to get him in control. And, and you're right. You're right about, about the, the Dallas Cowboys court or, or head coach. Cause he's, he doesn't seem to be a very strong leader. You know, he, he, he I, hears what needs to be said from Jerry. <laughs> well, We'll see yeah, what happens. Only- we'll see if De- what happens with Dez in the offseason if they if they agree or not agree. So the only surprise, so I, if- and I, I don't think it would even be a surprise at this point. But last time I heard of a wide receiver who sounded like he was a cancer and went somewhere was uh, Randy Moss. And do I see the possibility of him becoming a Patriot, Des Bryant? I would say that would be a place where he might be able to strive for the end of his career and. I wouldn't find to be a shock, but once again, it just would keep that dynasty alive and well. <laughs> but do you see him and, and, and Brady and all that connecting? Well, whether he ends up panning out to be more like a Randy Moss or if he more pans out to be a Chad o- uh, Ocho Cinco is the question, right. but I, I think he'd be able to, I think he'd respect what New England does and that winning mentality. So I don't think he'd be quitting or giving up. And I think that connection could be there. So I don't know. We'll see. The Patriots don't really like to spend money all too often. So that's probably the only thing I have as a problem with it overall. But it'll be interesting to see where he goes. (laughs) Yeah, nice. All right. Well, uh, you know what? Let's take our last break. When we come back, we got lots more football to talk about. We'll be right back. Internet flagship station for sports. Voice America Sports. If you think you've seen online TV before, let us surprise you. VoiceAmerica.tv is online now. The leader in live internet talk radio has done it again. Multiple channels, a state-of-the-art viewing experience, live and on-demand programs streaming 24 hours a day. It's exactly what you want, when you want it. VoiceAmerica.tv. From health and wellness to business, sports, and everything in between. Discover our new world. Visit VoiceAmerica.tv now and experience the future of online television. VoiceAmerica.tv. Follow the Voice America Talk Radio Network on Twitter. We're at Voice America TRN. You'll get the latest fix on what's happening with our shows, this week's featured guests, and general happenings that you should know about at the Voice America Talk Radio Network. Now you don't have to miss anything when you're away from your home or office. Just go to twitter.com forward slash Voice America TRN or follow along with us at Voice America TRN, the Voice America Talk Radio Network. We're on the cutting edge of social media. Can you keep up? 
your internet flagship station for sports, Voice America Sports. You're hooked up with Loving That Sports Talk. James Loving and his guests want to hear it from you. Call us at 1-888-346-9144. That's 888-346-9144. Or drop an email to lovingthatsportstalk at yahoo.com. Now, back to the show. This is Loving That Sports Talk. Again, this is Chris Marwitz, and we have with us um, our guest, Travis Bouton. Travis, hey, how's it going? I, it's it's always again like I said I really appreciate you coming on and, and being with us today and letting us know your inf- your how you feel about you know different different topics with football and you know there's a couple, there's a few things that you opened my eyes to I'm like oh, I didn't think about that and it's it's always one of those aha moments that that I enjoy having. Well, pleasure to be on. Thank you again for having me. Oh, perfect, perfect. So. um... We have, you know, with, with the season coming to an end, uh, there's going to be some, some uh, Russian roulette when it comes to quarterbacks, you know, and where they're going to be playing next season. And the one that everyone keeps talking about is Jimmy G, Jimmy Garoppolo with uh, San Francisco. You know, really, just, he was just traded from New England to San Francisco, and he was traded, was it a fourth-round draft pick or something? Wasn't yeah, that, was just a fourth time. round? I mean, it was, it was a craziness that they traded this great quarterback for a very low, especially when New England could possibly use him. Um, but yeah, as, as, as you, you made, made uh, mention to, he's, he's, he's raised San Francisco up, you know, to win, winning a few games so that they're, they're not in the bottom of the barrel. They're not going to be in the, I think, think they're now in like eighth place when it comes to the draft order. Originally, they were like in third, and so they they just keep moving up, and they're okay with that because they're getting a good idea of what he's about. Um, do you see see San Francisco resigning him, or do you see him going with another team? I see two possibilities. I see that he could either be the new franchise QB for the 49ers, or I could see this as possibly a ploy where he ends up resigning in New England on a friendly deal as of right now and uh, pops his head back up once Brady's gone. But I, I really think I lean more towards the first option of him staying in San Francisco and being their QB. I think they've given him the opportunity to start and he's proven that he can win and just keep winning. So I don't see him going anywhere. And I feel like they're only going to give more to his wide receivers at this point, get him some good, uh, playmakers and kind of just suit up that offense to be how he wants. So I think the opportunity for him in San Francisco is definitely a great opportunity. Yeah. I, I, I think they'd be, they'd be crazy to let him go after what they've seen him do so far. And again, that it, they, they're just hitting the, the tip of the iceberg with him. So yeah, they, they should keep him and do what they can to, to, to keep him. So I totally agree with you on that. Um, the, the next quarterback I want to talk about, and people have been talking about this all season long, and I kind of alluded to it when I was talking about this team, is Blake Bortles, the quarterback for Jacksonville. He is their only negative spot on that team. Do you see him staying with Jacksonville? Do you see him going somewhere else? Blake Bortles is tough because... I feel like it's going to come down to what happens in the playoffs. He's kind of showing himself to be a game manager, and there's nothing wrong with a game manager if they know how to win. It's just a matter of once they find a franchise QB, that's who they ride with. So I see this playing out similar to how the Chicago Bears last won Super Bowl with Rex Grossman. They have the game like game manager and I think he has the ability to keep moving the team forward but I think they're definitely going to explore QB options as for what I see of Blake Bortles if he didn't get re-signed with the team or stayed with Jacksonville he's going to probably wind up to be a backup somewhere I don't see him starting anywhere at this point 
I think it's more that he has a fluid knowledge of the system that he has and the weapons he has. So mm-hmm. past that, I really don't see him doing too, too much. Wow. That's, I, 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 I'm fully behind you on that one. So the last full quarterback I want to talk about is Sam Bradford from Minnesota. You know, the, 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 this is kind of a thorn in everybody's side. Um, as far as, you know, they already have the, have Teddy there and <laughs> Sam, you know, been doing great in his place. Do you see them signing him or do you see him going somewhere else? I see him being let go. Um, I don't think he's the long-term solution in Minnesota. I think with Case and with uh, Bridgewater, they'll maintain that duo to compete come training camp. As for where Sam Bradford goes, He's going to be a backup somewhere, in my opinion. I think he has a ton of potential, but the injury risk is too large at this point. And he, he's someone who can definitely help young QBs succeed. He has a ton of talent. It's just a matter of he just can't sit, stay healthy. His body's not given up. So I, I find him to be kind of like in the situation of where Tony Romo was, that there's a point where your body just can't take it anymore. And I think he's in that situation. Right. Yep. It'll be interesting there. I mean, Sam came from Philadelphia and everyone was kind of, you know, not agreeing on that move, but he's done well for, for Minnesota, you know, to, to get him to where they're at. So exactly. We'll just have to see, see what happens. So, all right. So the NFL has, has eased up on the celebration rule. And, you know, so, so when someone would score a touchdown, you know, they, they couldn't do any of those funky dances or any of that. Well, now you see them all over the place. You know, and so some of the, and, and some of my favorites basically kind of took after children's games. You know, the Vikings, mm-hmm. when they, they played leapfrog, the Steelers, you know, they had a snowball fight. Falcons had red light, green light. You know, it, it, it's been kind of a interesting, like, okay, what, what, what are they going to do now? Have there been any that you've seen that, that, that you thought were really clever? I really like the Duck, Duck, Goose. I felt like that the children's games have definitely been the most fun. I think it, that's what the league's about, is them having fun. And I think it makes it fun for the fans to see what's going to happen next. Um, I would say my favorite this season so far, though, has been the Duck, Duck, Goose, the tag. A lot of the children's games that you've said... I think that's just uh, been fun all around. Um, and I think it's good for the sport, honestly. I'm glad they eased up. Yes. Yeah, I was going to ask a follow-up question, asking, you know, does this help the fan base? You know, help them to, 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 to be more interested in the game when they see things like this happening? I think for the older fans, some of them would say, like, that when a team's down, they shouldn't be celebrating just yet. And I agree with that, that it was still happening when teams were down and then they score like a meaningless touchdown. It's like, it's great that you scored, but you're still down. I think for teams though, that are ahead and it kind of brings them that momentum. And for what the younger kids see too, I mean, it adds that aspect of like the schoolyard fun. I mean, you see kids playing and they want to like, create their own fun like celebration and I think that adds a fun aspect to the sport and I think it helps with the young fans and gives them something to look forward to I mean it makes the score that much more fun because it's never just one thing anymore it's a variety and it keeps you on your toes as to what they're going to do so I think it's good all around right okay Travis I'm I'm, going to give you an interesting question and see what, what, what you think. I, I, I saw it today, and I'm like, hmm, I'm going to ask Travis this to see, see, see what his, his choice is. And it's basically, would you rather be a higher pick in the NFL draft for the wrong team or a lower pick with the right team? That is definitely a good question. Um, I think in today's league, I'd find myself wanting to be a lower pick with the right team. That matches my skill set. So being in a winning franchise is huge. And being in a system where you know that your coach isn't going to be gone at the end of next season, I think is absolutely like a major big step. So 
I would say being one of those later round, first round picks is probably the best situation to be long term. But but if you but if you were a higher pick, you'd make a lot more money. <laughs> I mean I mean I I I, I see what you're talking about on the, the lower pick because then maybe you could play longer. But if you if you were a higher pick and you signed, you'd have a lot more money to deal with in case of injuries or trades and 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 all that. I I truly support the aspect of like trying to have organizations that have had problems winning, um, you trying to be the star. But there's a few teams in the league where I feel like if that's where you go, your career dies there. Uh, right. And I'm thinking mainly of the Browns. I, I feel like it destroys young potential just being there. And they don't do anything really worthwhile for their young ones. So... I want to see a change in that. I definitely want to say it the other way. That way it creates constant competitive nature. But being a realist and being a player, I feel like hearing like your name going to the Dallas Cowboys, going to the Patriots, going to the Packers, going to like one of those big franchise bases, even like teams that not necessarily win, but large markets like the Jets or the Giants, like you feel like at least you're contributing to something, you're part of a big market, but there's other teams where it's almost tough for them to feel like they're going to succeed. And I think that's where the problem lies because you want to have a coach where you can like stay and maintain a good relationship and grow under that person rather than seeing like Russian roulette with your coaching uh, cast. So I don't know. It's definitely a good question. I think it comes down to your position more than anything else. But if I was in one of the key kind of positions, I think I'd be looking more for that later round um, pick to just be with the right team, the right fit. Interesting. Well, I just had to play devil's advocate on this. So, Well, Travis, um, it's been a great show. I appreciate you coming on, as always. We'll definitely oh, have you on again. Thank you for having me. Yes. Perfect. Well, so our time's up. We'll be back next Wednesday. Um, I hope everyone has a great new year. You know, doesn't get, doesn't do anything wrong and stay safe and uh, can join us again next Wednesday. So have a great new year and uh, we'll see everybody or hear from everyone on uh, the third. Take care. That's going to do it for this week's edition of Loving That Sports Talk. But don't worry, James Loving will be back next week, Wednesday at 3 p.m. Eastern, noon Pacific, on the Voice America Sports Channel. Get ready to love more sports talk then. And keep in touch with James all week at lovingthatsportstalk at yahoo.com. 